0: Hello and welcome to Season 5, Episode 19 of Twin Talk MN. I'm, I'm Ryan. And I'm Andrew. And today, we have a great episode because we have not been here for the last two weeks. So that just means so much more news. But Andrew, I remembered that we have to get to the MLB World Series, as I'm sure many people know. But the Braves won the World Series over the Astros. Jorge Soler was the World Series MVP. The Braves have taken their first World Series in almost 30 years. This team... It is very special that they won the World Series. Almost everyone on this roster has not won a World Series. In fact, I can't think of a single person on this Braves roster that has won a World Series. But I'm sure we'll think of some later. But this is very special for the Braves as they are able to get a great win as they won the World Series on the road in Game 6 to finish off the Series 4-2. Now, Andrew, there isn't a ton to break down. But, Andrew, obviously the question on everyone's mind. Next season, who do you think is going to be able to win it all? I mean, Ryan, I feel like we definitely have to start looking at the Braves. But then again, we always have to think about these big market teams like the Yankees and the Dodgers and probably the Astros as some of the other favorites to look into next season. Now, definitely free agency is going to play a huge part as all three of these teams have very big free agents with the Astros having Carlos Correa, the Dodgers having Corey Seager, and the Yankees having at least a couple good guys. But very interesting to see Do they pick up anyone? Because there were also a lot of good agents from other teams, and we'll really have to see who really makes moves. That's going to be really important. But I'd say if every team are on the same team right now, I'd say just probably the Dodgers, just because so many guys were injured or at off-seasons, and now without Trevor Bauer, they really know what their team is. So I guess we'll see what happens. But I have to say probably the Dodgers. Vine, with the Braves winning, we... That concludes our MLB season. Ryan, has the MVP been named yet? If so, who? And if not, are you, do you have, are you like pretty sure who you think it will be? Yeah, Andrew, I don't believe the MLB MVP has been named, but I think it just has to be Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I mean, he's just been incredible this year in the National League. I think it's a tough race, but I got to go with Fernando Totsis. This guy was amazing this year. Led his team to a pretty good season. I just think those guys just got to take home the gold. We'll definitely let you know what happens with all of the MLB awards once we hear them come out. But, Andrew, for the time being, let's move on to the NFL. Andrew, it has been two weeks worth of games since we were last on the air. And, Andrew, there hasn't been that many shockers except for one monumental injury that has changed the game. Andrew, one of the week's best players, has a devastating injury. Who is it? Yeah, by Derek Yeah, Vine. Derek Henry, who is leading the NFL by 250 rushing yards ahead of the next closest guy, which I think he might have lined his gap over because it was Nick Chubb who got injured. But Ryan, he had a very bad injury to, I believe, one of his legs. And he is most likely going to be out for six to eight weeks, possibly even eight to ten. That happened in week eight. So we'll really have to see if he makes a comeback at the end of the regular season, or if maybe he's just back for the playoffs, or maybe he's not back at all. But Ryan, two other guys that we've just been monitoring every single day, it feels like, for the last two weeks, are the Cardinals, DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray. Now, Ryan, starting with two weeks ago, they looked fine, and then they both appeared questionable, and then doubtful, and then out for their big, big game. But then... We see Court McCoy come in and with basically no wide receivers. He won the game. But Ryan, then we see the Panthers with Sam Darnold, who has just been playing terrible. And then randomly out of the blue, apparently he's on IR. He's out for a really long time, apparently. So the Panthers, all they have on the backup quarterback depth chart is PJ Walker. But, Ryan, P.J. Walker, he hasn't been that good. So, they go out and sign Cam Newton, the former MVP for them. The former guy who took them all the way to the Super Bowl, that 15-1 season. He took them there. Ryan, now we know that Cam Newton, the last time we saw him, was on the Patriots very early this season when he got cut because they wanted to have Mac Jones. Brian, could this be... A turnaround for the Panthers, who have been really, really struggling? Or do you think this is just more of a, not really much happening, just kind of doing it for the fans? Yeah, Andrew, I think this is one of those times where you see a guy like Frank Gore or LaShawn McCoy, where they were good in their prime, or even that Adrian Peterson signing. As the news is, out of Tennessee, where Derrick Henry got injured, they decided decided to sign Hall of Fame longtime Vikings running back Adrian Peterson, to their team, and he will now operate as their starting running back for most of the rest of the season. Now, again, that is another question of, does it really matter? Is he going to play that much, or is it more just a publicity stunt? But Andrew, speaking of publicity stunts, Odo Beckham Jr. was cut by the Browns after that did not work at all, and Andrew, he was picked up just about two or three days later by the Los Angeles Rams. Andrew, the Los Angeles Rams signed Odo Beckham Jr., one of the best receivers Of the 2010's decade. But Andrew. The question. Again. Becomes. How much will he be able to do? Andrew. Do you think he'll make. Any difference to this Rams roster? I mean Ryan. When I saw the signing. People would say. Oh my god. It's like. When you have a team. It's like when you have the Dodgers. And then you add. Max Scherzer. And Trey Turner. It is just unbeatable. But Ryan. It's a little different. To be honest. The Rams. At this point. Probably aren't my Super Bowl favorite. Okay. Once I signed Odell, I said, eh, maybe they'll make it a little bit easier. But to be honest, when I watch the NFL, unless you're getting a quarterback or the number one player at their position, you're probably not going to get one, another win. Maybe they help you get more wins. Maybe they're going to turn one game where you lose by one into a win by one. But in this case, he's already the third, possibly even fourth wide receiver on that depth chart. And who knows if he's even going to be, if he's even going to play. I mean, this guy has not been any coach's favorite guy since he got to Cleveland. And I just don't think. But then Ryan, just yesterday morning, we saw Robert Woods tears his ACL in practice. And he is out for the rest of the season and probably most of next season. So Ryan, now, instead of being fourth on the depth chart, Odell Beckham Jr. is most likely going to be second on the depth chart right behind Cooper Cup, who right now is leading the league in yards and touchdowns and receptions. So now, I'm saying, if Cooper Cup is going to have two defender, if he's going to have two cornerbacks on him, which I'm guessing he will be, then we see Odell Beckham Jr. possibly one-on-one coverage, who's right there is the number two guy. I don't know. I mean, personally, I don't think he'll be that good, but I feel like he could surprise me. Brian, one thing that we just, have to talk about is the Packers. Now, when we left you off last week, I believe it was after they played that Thursday night game where they beat the Cardinals. They were on top of the world. 7-1. Best team in the league. Brian, just a couple of days later, we learned that Aaron Rodgers had COVID. Now, mind you might say, oh, okay. A lot of guys have had COVID this season. I mean, obviously we don't like it, and it's really bad, but, like, they'll probably be able to play this week, unless it's within two or three days, but, uh, he had eight days to do it. Brian, there was a lot of confusion about Rogers having the vaccine, and apparently there was, apparently there was some document that he signed saying they did have the vaccine when he really didn't, so I guess he's unvaccinated, which means it could be 10 to 14 days before he can return. And Ryan, if that was eight days before that game, they're not just looking at missing the game against the Chiefs, which I might add they lost. He's going to miss this, today's game, this week's game. So Ryan, people are saying last week was Jordan Love's really important game. Because if he played that well in the offseason, he could go to a contender. Or maybe he could go to a team like the Panthers, who really needs a quarterback, and just sign like year old Cam Newton. But Jordan Love did it. Terrible. He threw, I believe, two interceptions. Could not, I don't think he got above 200 passing yards. He was just terrible. So, obviously, the Packers really need Aaron Rodgers. But Ryan, today, people are saying, is he going to play? Is he not going to play? Is he going to play? And you know what? He's going to play. But Ryan, with this relationship, seems to be struggling at all times. Do you think maybe we see Jordan Love at the end of this season if things go south? Maybe you think they might even put them in to try them, but really tank, right? Yeah, Andrew, I think this is a question of, normally when you see a team make the QB switch, it's often very late in the season when they're doing very, very badly. That is something that we might see a team like, maybe like the Falcons do, and they sign someone young. Or maybe a team like, I don't know, maybe like the Saints do, or possibly even the Vikings, or... Maybe even the Lions. But Andrew, answer, the Packers, come on. They're still 7-2. and two. This is one of the cases where I think some people may be overreacting a little bit. Now, don't get me wrong. Relationships are bad between Aaron Rodgers and basically everyone else on the team. A lot of people don't have a ton of high hopes for this team right now. But again, they're 7-2. They've one loss to the Saints, and that game was super weird. And then their other loss was to the goddamn Kansas City Chiefs. With a, with a second-year quarterback, playing his first NFL snap ever, with most of his good players, have been out the last week, and they almost won! It wasn't a blowout, they lost 13-7! to seven. They played a good game! And now, they get MVP quarterback Aaron Rodgers back, and things should start to settle down. I definitely see this team winning their division and most likely making it at least to the second round of the playoffs and maybe even to the Super Bowl. Now, Andrew, as you said, the Rams look like they're going all or nothing as you've seen them waste basically all of their money and basically all of their draft picks. The Packers look like they're also all in on this year, with after this year, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams are almost definitely done in Green Bay. We still see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who look like a very... Good team, but they've got to continue to be these bad teams. Sometimes they're getting a little bit too cute with some of these bad teams and end up losing. But, Andrew, let's look at the AFC. Now, Andrew, right now, it's still a lot of the same teams are near the top. The Bengals are still doing well. The Browns are doing pretty well. The Bills, even though last week they shockingly lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Bills are still atop their division. The Raiders and Chargers are tied atop the AFC West. The Ravens are in first place in the AFC North. The Steelers have a good record in second. But, Andrew, do you know what team is in first in the entire AFC? Not the Ravens, not the Steelers, not the Chiefs, not the Bills, but the Titans. Andrew, the Titans are 7-2. And you might say, well, Ryan, didn't you just tell me Derrick Henry's out for the year. They're obviously going to get worse. But Andrew, that is what every single person in the world thought. But Andrew, after we heard the news that Derrick Henry would be out for basically the entire season, they started, they had a game against the Rams. And that was with Cooper Cup, and that was with Robert Woods. And we were asking ourselves, do the Titans have any shot in this game? And Andrew, you know what happened? The Titans dominated against the Rams. It was an incredible game as the Titans' defense really really came alive and they were absolutely incredible in that game now into the titans again they continue to have to be they're gonna have to continue to be a good team this year if they want to be able to make the playoffs because if they make the playoffs they might be able to get derrick henry back because the timeline looks like it will have to be maybe six to ten weeks now, in six weeks, we'll be in one of the last weeks of the season, but in 10 weeks, but he should still be available for some, if not most, of the playoffs of this season. But Andrew, one thing that a lot of people have been talking about, too, is the Titans' schedule. This week, they play the Saints. The Saints are, what, 5-4, and four? and a lot of those wins were with James Winston, and now they have Trevor Simeon. Also this week, the Saints don't have Alvin Kamara, so I definitely like the Titans to get an easy win this week pushing them to 8-2. And, two. and for next week, they play the Texans. That's an easy win, 9-2. The week after that, they play the Patriots, who are barely above 500. Pretty easily, 11-2. Then they play Jacksonville, so that's 12-2. Then, they do have to play the Steelers, but they're three games ahead of the Steelers right now. That should be a pretty easy win. Then they play the 49ers, who are doing horrible right now, and then the Dolphins, who stink, and then the Texans again. Andrew, if I was a betting man, I would say the Titans could easily finish as the number one team in the AFC. Now, Andrew, we've seen this in years past. The Titans have leaned on their run game, and it it has carried them very far in the playoffs. Andrew, again, this year, maybe they'll be carried, but not by Derrick Henry. Andrew, what do you think's got to happen for these Titans to be able to really make a deep run in the playoffs? I mean, Ryan, one thing that I think has to happen is that Julio Jones has to be healthy. I mean, it feels like this entire season, he has not been a healthy wide receiver. And you know what, for him, you might say, oh, you know, he can play through it. But I'm sorry, in my opinion, when Julio Jones is healthy compared to when he's not healthy, he's a completely different guy. When he's healthy, he's a top 10 wide receiver in this league. Maybe not fantasy-wise, but skill-wise, he's top 10. And if Ryan Tannehill is throwing 35, 40 passes a game, and let's say... 16 of those out of Julio Jones, he's going to rip off at least 150 yards. You know what? If he's still throwing that 35 to 40 mark, and he's throwing, let's say, 15 passes to A.J. Brown, he's got that speed, and he's got that quick burst They can take at least one of them for a 25-yard house call. But I don't see them doing that. Right? Last week against the Rams, I don't understand what was happening. They ran the ball 25 times. And don't get me wrong, Adrian Peterson maybe, have, maybe has a little bit left in the tank. And maybe Jeremy, Jeremy McNicholas, they really like because maybe he can catch four or five passes a game. But in my opinion, with that team that has Julio Jones, AJ Brown, Ryan Tannehill, you got to be passing the ball. Now, I guess maybe don't try to pass the ball 50, 60 times and only pass the ball. Because then you're just sticking yourself into a hole that you can't get out of because you have no more running game. But at this point, you got to get your ball to the wide receiver and let them do their thing. Now, Julio Jones this week isn't even healthy. He's not even going to play. But Ryan, A.J. Brown, he is going to be the X Factor for the rest of the season for the Titans. Ryan, let's get to the NFC real fast. Ryan, in the NFC, even with the Cardinals losing two weeks ago against the Packers, that's still their only loss of the season. So they are 8-1. The Cowboys are to the to top of their division at 6-2. Now, I have to say, I don't think this team is a Super Bowl contender, but they are a really good team, the Cowboys. But Ryan, they lost Ezekiel Elliott, and I believe he might be out for a couple weeks, so we we'll really have to see that. And Dak Prescott, since he got back from injury, he hasn't been that great. He's been okay. He came back last week and got the win, but really going to be interested about him. We see the Rams at 7-2 in second place in the division, right behind the Cardinals, only one game behind. And then we see the Packers, also at 7-2, four game. Three and a half games ahead, of the Vikings, so they easily have our division. Then in the South, this is a pretty close race. Not gonna lie, we see the Buccaneers at six and two, one game, uh, no, half, no, yeah, one game behind them is the Saints. One game behind them is the Falcons, and half a game behind them is the Panthers. All right, I, I think the NFC South is what we thought would be the NFC West, where we said could four teams be getting into the playoffs from one division with obviously the division winner and then the three wildcard and I would say yes if the Rams weren't seven and two but since they are the playoff picture currently looks like the Cowboys winning their division Cardinals winning their division Packers winning our division Buccaneers winning their division the three wildcards would be the first wildcard would be the Rams at seven and two Next best team would be the Saints at five and three, and then the next best team would be the Falcons at four and four. So, I feel like in the NFC, it's the Cardinals and the Rams and the Packers. In my opinion, I feel like those are the three teams that are the best. The Rams are pretty good, but I think the Cardinals could be the best team after last week. They didn't have DeAndre Hopkins or Kyler Murray, and they still beat the San Francisco 49ers, who I agree aren't a great team, but that's pretty impressive with your backup quarterback and without your top wide receiver. But, Ryan, we've been talking about the NFL for almost 20 minutes, so let's move on to some NBA. Ryan, it's been two weeks since we've talked to you. The NBA has a lot, a lot of news. We have some top teams that maybe we knew they'd be good, but well, we didn't think they'd be this good. Ryan, at the top of the league, we have the Warriors. Stephen Curry is playing phenomenal basketball. Ryan, the Warriors are 7-1. And, and right now, they're the best team in the league. And really, it's not that close. And they don't even have Clay Thompson back. Ryan, in the East. The best team is the Philadelphia 76ers. And they're still without Ben Simmons. Notice the trend. But, I don't know. Both of these teams are very, very good. Last year had good seasons, but not good enough. Vine with the 76ers, we have to start thinking, and they have such a good record, do they even need Ben Simmons? Should they consider maybe cutting him or trading him away for just a second-round pick? I mean, at this point, it seems like he's just a distraction. And then, do they... do they even need him? I don't know. I don't really think so. And nine, we see some teams in the East and the West who are struggling. We see the Lakers at 5-5. Five and five, and we see the Celtics at 4-6. Now, the Celtics at 4-6, to be honest, I didn't really like the Celtics going into this year. I felt like they didn't have really that consistent guard play. Jalen Brown has been injured for a lot of this year, and there was no way that he could put up what he did last year. There was just no way he could have improved from that. Jason Tatum had a very good season, but I liked him, but they've just not been good. But Ryan, the Lakers, 5-5. Five and five. But a big part of that is they already have an injury. Ryan, LeBron James has, I think, been out for almost two weeks this season. Now in the NBA, two weeks can be six games. But maybe it gets to a month, maybe even a month and a half. I mean, I think he should be back soon this But with a lot of older players, they have really, really lingering injuries that can go on for even the entire season, if not had surgery or something. But then you have to go up to Russell Westbrook and AD. And Ryan, they're both playing good. But as people were saying, if you have Russell Westbrook getting a triple-double and you have Anthony Davis getting 18 points and 18 rebounds, does that mean they're going to win? And Ryan, not really. Yesterday, Anthony Davis took kind of a shot at Russell Westbrook saying, To win, we need to score points, not triple-doubles. Referring to Russell Westbrook not getting enough points. Yeah, Andrew, I mean, it's definitely just about Russell Westbrook. And, I mean, this guy is one of the most interesting players that we've seen probably in the last decade and a half. I mean, Andrew, when he was on OKC. I mean, Andrew, I don't want to bring this up again and again, but it just seems like Russell Westbrook is constantly on teams that are overrated. I mean, on the Thunder It was him, Kevin Durant, and James Harden, and they were horrendous. Fine, maybe not horrendous isn't the right word, but Andrew, they made one championship finals in, what was it, six, seven years of them all being decent, and they missed the playoffs a couple years, and that team just did not live up to expectations. Then, he was shipped off to, what was it, the Rockets? The Rockets, it was him and James Harden, and that was both in their prime. They're both called top 30 players are taunt. If you have two top 30 players all the time, you should at least be making the championship. And they didn't make one single championship in their two-year span. And they weren't really that good, to be honest. Then he shipped off to Washington for the Wizards. Him and Bradley Beal, both of those guys should be all-stars. And the team just could not get anything going. It did not work. This year, he shipped off to LA. It looks amazing. And it seems like it's definitely going to work. And guess what? It's not working. Andrew, there's a million reasons why it's not working. Because he can't score enough points. He's too ball dominant. He's not the shooter that everyone wants him to be. He can't really not be the point guard in the game. I mean, just a multitude of things. But just, it's not working. Andrew, we can talk about the Lakers thinking all we want. But if you're the Lakers coach, if you're the Lakers GM, what do you have to do to get this team to be the powerhouse that you know they can be? I mean, Ryan, I just feel like one thing that you have to do is get... Every single guy to step up. Now don't get me wrong. You don't need your 12th guy off the bench to step up. But you need guys outside of Russell Westbrook. And Anthony Davis and LeBron James once he comes back. To step up. I mean when people are talking. And I want to talk about this next. The Russell Westbrook deal. One thing that some people are criticizing them for. Is basically hauling out everyone. Hauling out everyone that wasn't a free agent. Or a perennial all-star. And to be honest that might have hurt them. Even more than we think they did. Ryan, one thing I wanna, I really want to talk about is this Russell Westbrook trade. Now, I agree that the Wizards aren't that good of a team. But Ryan, the Wizards are three and a half games better than the Lakers. Ryan, could the Wizards have schooled the Lakers in this Russell Westbrook trade? Give me your thoughts as the Wizards... Second best team in the league. Yeah, Andrew. I mean, again, I think the thing about the Wizards right now is they have a lot of guys who are playing well and stepping up. Specifically, as you said on the Lakers, very few of their guys, besides, I guess, Carmelo Anthony are stepping up, and a lot of guys are stepping down. Basically, everyone on the Wizards is having a career year, and this team is just playing incredibly well right now. And I just don't see how this is happening, but I mean, it's happening. So we'll have to see if they're able to continue it. But yeah, I wouldn't say the Lakers got schooled on this. But again, you just got to make sure that when you get a guy, he fits into your system. He fits into your lineup. LeBron James and Russell Westbrook might be the two worst players to play together in the entire NBA. Besides maybe Ben Simmons and Russell Westbrook. But Andrew, these guys just don't play well together at all. And now they're on the same team and they gave up a lot for him. Andrew, we got to move forward, but just anything else about the NBA that you want to share? I mean, yeah, Ryan, I feel like we just have to look at some really, really disappointing teams. I mean, in the Western Conference, for instance, we have two different teams that each have two or less wins. We have the Rockets who are 1 and 11, and then we have the Pelicans who are 2 and 12. You know what, not the Pelicans, one of their wins was against the Timberwolves, but whatever. And the Timberwolves are 4 and 8. But we'll get to them in a second. Now, when we we'll look at the Eastern Conference, the teams aren't as bad. We have the Magic and the Pistons, who both only have three wins. But, Ryan, do you know who only has four wins? The Hawks. Ryan, when I look at this playoff picture of the Eastern Conference at the top, I see the Wizards, who barely made the playoffs last year, the Nets, that's not surprising, the Bulls, who didn't make the playoffs. I see the Cavs, who didn't make the playoffs. I see the Heat, who got swept out of the playoffs. I see the Sixers, who obviously are a very good team. The Knicks up there. And I see the Hornets. Brian, when I look at the 10 through 13 seed, the Celtics, the Bucks, the Pacers, and the Hawks, all four made the playoffs last year. Brian, this Easter conference is so shaken up. That we see the Bucks, who are 6-7. This team is two games behind the Cavs. The Cavaliers. I don't know. Ryan, real fast, we got to look at some rookies. Now, Cade Cunningham, to be honest, has been a disappointment so far. Way, way too early to call the bust or anything like that, but just a huge disappointment. Ryan, I think the top rookie of the year candidate so far looks like Evan Mobley. Ryan, you're shaking your head and you're telling me, no, Ryan, what's wrong with this Evan Mobley? It's got to be Scotty Barnes on the Raptors, Andrew. The Raptors stink this year. But he is their best player. He's outplaying Pascal Siakam by a lot. And he's definitely outplaying Fred VanVleet right now. I just got to say, Scotty Barnes looks like the Rookie of the Year. Evan Mobley is playing well. But I just think him and Jared Allen are going to clash too much. And I love what Scotty Barnes, the opportunity he's had in Toronto and the opportunity he is making in Toronto, Scotty Barnes for Rookie of the Year. Now, Andrew, we really got to move on from the NBA. So now let's move on to... College football. Andrew, we saw some crazy games yesterday, but, Andrew, the rankings are fairly similar. There weren't any major upsets. Georgia, the number one seed, won. The number two seed, Alabama, still looks intact. And then number three, four, five, we got some combination of Oregon, Ohio State, and Cincinnati. As Ohio State had a monster victory against top-20 team Purdue. So that definitely should help them, maybe move them up, possibly to number three. And then we saw Michigan pick up another good win. Michigan State pick up another good win. But also, Andrew, just one thing that we've got to look at is that the number eight undefeated Oklahoma Sooners got knocked off. Now, it wasn't by some no-name, unranked school. It was by number 13 overall Baylor. But still. Oklahoma lost. And, Andrew, for a lot of these teams like Oklahoma that don't really play that many good teams, I mean, maybe they'll play TCU or Texas, who's having a good year. But, Andrew, the Sooners really had to go undefeated if they wanted any chance to make the college football playoffs. Do you think there's really just any way that the Sooners were able to make the college football playoffs now that they've won full loss and the playoffs look so tight? No. I mean, we looked at the, Bob, we looked at the Cincinnati, and they were undefeated. And they were still the number five team, not even in the college football player. So I'd say Oklahoma, now that you have one loss, you got no chance. Yeah, Andrew, I mean, that definitely seems like drought. The but then the question turns towards Baylor as they beat one of the best teams in the country. Are they in? I still don't think the answer is yes, unless somehow they're able to get a super challenging matchup and win it. But I think it's just going to be really, really tough for a lot of these teams to make it. I mean, Georgia and Alabama look like shoe-ins. Because the only games that either of them will lose might be to each other, and it's not really that big of a deal if you lose to one of the best teams in the country when you are one of the best teams in the country. That doesn't seem like that big of a deal. But then the question turns to what other teams are able to get into the top four besides Georgia and Alabama. Andrew, what two teams do you think will get into the third and fourth seed in this college football playoffs this year? Besides Georgia and Alabama, who look like they're the two best teams in the league at this very moment. I mean, it has to be Ohio State. It has to be Ohio State. And the next best team, I think it has to be Oregon. Now, at this point, I don't know if I'd say they're the best team. Even the second best team. We've been really top four. But, Ryan, I feel like between Ohio State and Oregon, one of them's got to go. I don't know. I mean, I feel like Ohio State's probably going to be the three seed. Alabama's probably going to be the two seed, Georgia the one seed, four seed. I don't know, between Cincinnati and Oregon, it's going to be a very close race. I feel like it's going to be a lot about who they play in their conference and and if they win and by how much. Personally, I feel like that for a lot of these good teams who maybe go undefeated, only one loss, that is what is important. Yeah, Andrew, just kind of to agree with what you said, when you're talking about a lot of these Big Ten teams, Andrew, one of the gifts about being in the Big Ten that there's so many good teams. As you said, we see Ohio State definitely in the college football play- picture right now. We see Michigan State and Michigan a little bit behind. And, Andrew, this week, Ohio State plays Michigan State. That is a huge matchup. And, Andrew, for most college football fans, they know that the weekend of Thanksgiving, it's Ohio State versus Michigan. And then in the Big Ten final game, it almost seems like it'll definitely be some combination of Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State. So, Andrew... For any of these teams, if Ohio State beats Michigan, beats Michigan State, and beats one of them in the Big Ten Championship game, I don't know. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities that they end up with the two seed. Because if you beat many, many good teams, three top ten teams, it's hard to keep you out of the top two, in my opinion, at least. But that is up for the committee to decide. But I think Ohio State, they can win two of those big feats. They will be fine. But, Andrew, again, the, t- the tie turns to Michigan and Michigan State. For Michigan, if they can beat Ohio State and they can win the Big Ten Championship, I think this team has a great chance to make the college football playoffs. And on the other hand, with Michigan State, they literally beat Michigan. If they can beat Ohio State and win the Big Ten Championship, I also like their chances to make the college football playoffs. So I feel like those three teams offer have a very good chance. And let's not forget that there's Purdue, And Iowa and Wisconsin, who are all top 20 teams who could all be good wins for those three top ten teams in the Big Ten trying to make their way into the college football class. Andrew, is there anything else you'd like to say about college football before we move on to college basketball? No, Ryan. I feel like Georgia has to be the best team. Alabama close behind I don't know, three, four, five. I feel like this the same thing happens every single year. One team is gonna be upset. One team's going to love that they got this opportunity. But we got to move on to college basketball where a couple more teams get into the playoffs. Ryan, right now, when I'm looking at the top, at the, all the ranked teams in college basketball, at the very top, I see Gonzaga. Ryan, right now, they're 2 out. Now, their freshman, Chad Holmgren out of Minnesota, he hasn't looked too sharp. Ryan, last night against Texas, when they got a big win, he only had two points. And he only shot 33%. But Ryan. Senior Drew Timmy. He is incredible. Last night he scored 37 points. 37. In a college game for a center. He maybe made three, four threes. But I don't know. This guy kind of reminds me of. I don't know. Maybe like a Shaquille O'Neal type guy. Or more actual relationship. Could be like an Evan Mobley. Or James Wiseman. But Ryan, this Gonzaga team is going to be dangerous this year after last year, going so far and having a lot of guys bes- besides Suggs and Corey Kispert returning and obviously bringing in Chet Holenbein. But Ryan, to round out the top five, we got UCLA, Kansas, Villanova, and Texas. Now Ryan, all of these teams have been very good in past years. But Ryan, one team that we don't even, two teams that we don't even see in the top eight are Duke and Kentucky. Ryan, Duke right now is 3-0, but are either of them really that big contenders? I don't know. I mean, last season, neither of them were really that good, and both really, really fell short. Ryan, Duke's best player this year is Paolo Boncero, and Ryan, he could be very, very good in the NBA. Ryan, for UCLA, their top guy, Johnny Zuzang, is just out of this world and to be honest, just with him alone, you could easily make the you could easily make the top sixty-four teams. Not to mention that phenomenal coach at UCLA and that sporting cast but Ryan for Michigan, they have a top guy coming back. Not just a the freshman, not they have Hunter Dickinson, their huge powerful forward, last title, who is returning from last year where they had such a good season. And then we see at Memphis Ebony Bates, who is just a very, very talented scorer and playmaker. At this point, I'd say Gonzaga looks like the best team. But, you know what? It's a long season. There's a lot of good teams in last year. We really thought they were the best. And then, boom, Baylor comes out of nowhere and takes it over. Ryan, we'll have to see all that happens. But just tell me. Let's just say, let's just say, okay, that the Rockets are the worst team. Now... We still don't know who's going to be the top pick or anything like that. But do you think there's a chance that Drew Timmy could be in the Rockets uniform? For sure, Andrew. I mean, what we often see in the NBA is that it's often one of the best players on one of the best teams. And I mean, they are easily the best team, or they look to be right now. And he looks to be the best player on that team right now. Now, there's always going to be some guys like John Moran, who are one of the best players in the country out of some small school that people like. But Drew Timmy could easily be. We said he put up 37 points on a top five team in the country. I don't. There are very few guys that can do that. I really am interested to see how this season shakes out. As Obviously, we'll let you know about big, important moves. But, Andrew, again, people are still predicting Chet Holmgren will be the number one overall pick. The seven-foot big man is incredible. But, Andrew, we'll have to look at this more next week as we, again, We'll be moving on to our next part of the podcast. Now, Andrew, when we're looking at, let's move on to the Minnesota Vikings. Andrew, right now, the Vikings look bad. Last week, lost to the Ravens in a heartbreaker of a game, as the Vikings seem to specialize in. And, Andrew, this week, we have another tough, tough matchup against the Chargers. Andrew, the Vikings really need to get some good wins. Now, you might say, what? Why are you saying we need to beat the Ravens? The Ravens are really good. And that's true, but Andrew, we play a lot of good teams this year. We're only three and five. Right now, there are a lot of other teams that are better than us right now that we need to surpass. Now, Andrew, the Vikings today play the Chargers. Is this game a must-win? Ryan, I think yes. Today, I feel like it's going to determine our season. And I have to say that today is a must-win for us to be even in the playoff conversation. Even if we win today. Even if we win, and I think it's the Falcons, who are currently the 17th, and they lose. We're still not in the playoffs. And that's us turning a huge upset against the Chargers. Which I'm not saying is impossible. I'm just saying it's very unlikely. But Ryan, I don't know, with this Vikings team, I just feel like, don't get me wrong, we have a very, very hard schedule for this season, and just got kind of unlucky that we have to play the top division in the AFC, and at least what I thought would be the top division in the NFC. But, I don't know, we just have to start turning a couple of these games and beat the teams who we're supposed to beat. Now, I guess I can't really be too mad at the Vikings, because it feels like every single game, what is supposed to happen, happens. Like when we played the Lions, we were supposed to lose, and we, we were supposed to win, and we did win. When we played the Cardinals, we were supposed to lose. And we lost. When we played the Bengals, we were supposed to lose and we lost. When we played the Ravens. we were supposed to lose and we lost. When we played the Cowboys, we were supposed to lose and we lost. But Ryan, at a certain point, you got to start turning around these games. I mean, there's no way that a team that's 3-5 and five can win all of the games against teams below 3 wins and lose to all of the teams with more than 3 wins. That's just not how football works. The way that football works is you have to turn games. You have to pull upset. The best teams in the league. The best teams are the ones who are projected to lose by eight, win by one. The Vikings are the exact team that's projected to lose by four and loses by one. Now, that's all good and fine in week one and two when you're playing the Cardinals and the Bengals who are insane teams. But then when you go out to these other teams where it's a 50-50 game and we're losing the 50-50 game, 95% 95% of the time, that's just not going to work. Ryan, this team, I don't know. Dalvin Cook had a filed for a lawsuit and then had a lawsuit filed against him. Very confusing. I think he's going to play this week. So, for the NFL, it doesn't extremely matter. But, I don't know. The offense looks good. The defense, we just have to do work on, especially with this Chargers team. Justin Herbert playing very, very well. I don't know. This could be... This could be a bad game for us, but still have to say, must win or it is all over. Ryan, let's move on to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Who, Ryan, to start of the season, we were three and one. Ryan, we beat the Bucks, which now looks terrible, but still we beat the Bucks. We started out beating the Rockets, which is, means nothing. Beat the Pelicans, lost to the Pelicans. Beat the Bucks, Ryan. That's three and one. That's a good team. But then you know what happened? We lost seven of our last eight games. We, and we lost four straight games. Maybe even five. Ryan, we are now four and eight. Ryan, we are terrible. Now, to be honest, we have two guys scoring 20 points. We have another guy that's scoring 17 points. Ryan is showing me we're actually three and five. Which doesn't sound right because we beat the Lakers, we beat the Bucks, we beat the Pelicans, and we beat the Rockets. Now apparently Ryan just need to refresh. So we are actually four and eight, exactly like I said. But whatever. Ryan, I don't know. I just feel like we have to increase our defensive intensity. But Ryan, one thing that I feel like we kinda need to work on and Maybe we even share this with the Lakers, which is the only thing we share with the Lakers, is we have to get other guys involved. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying this is a Michael Jordan or a LeBron James' team, where you have a 50-point scorer and F1 analysis below six. Brian, we basically have three guys. We have Carthy Towns, we have Anthony Edwards, and we have D'Angelo Russell. Vine last year, Malik Beasley was an 18-point per game scorer. He was a guy who was knocking down threes left and right. He was a sharpshooter, and he was... One of our main offensive players. When he went down, we were saying, oh no, we're in trouble. Now, he's coming off the bench. He's playing 22 minutes a game. He's averaging 8 points per game. Ryan, it kind of seems to me like he's taking over Jalen Noel's rule. And no offense to Jalen Noel, but he is not a very good NBA player. Malik Beasley seems like he should be doing better. Brian, with the lack of defense from D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards, we are forced to put out on the court either Patrick Be- at either Patrick Beverly or Jared Vanderbilt or Josh Okogie at the small forward or point guard, moving and in D-low up in the case of Patrick Beverly, but Ryan, none of them can carry the load offensively, which is okay because they're all defensive good. But then off the bench, we need a scorer. I'm not saying that we need a who's the bench six man of the year, uh, Jordan Clarkson or maybe I think Colin. Maybe Ricky Rubio right now. I don't know. But Ryan, we need a guy to at least average 8 or 9 points off the bench. And if Malik Pisa is only averaging 8 points, I don't think I can take that. Ryan, our defense has been okay. Anthony Aarons has been stepping up. Brian, we really need our big man to get into the lane and get blocks. We really need someone to get into the lane and be a big man. I don't know what we can do to get better, but just we got to start playing better basketball. Yeah, Andrew, it feels like the Viking, the Timberwolves really need to improve. I mean, again, no one is expecting a championship. No one is expecting third round of the playoffs Just start. People are a little bit tired of some of the best players in the league. I mean, Andrew, we could seriously have three All-Stars this year. Anthony Edwards looks like he has a good chance to make the All-Star game. Karl-Anthony Towns has made two All-Star games and has a good chance to make it. D'Angelo Russell is a former All-Star. We could have three All-Stars, and we're still playing like the worst team in the league. Andrew, this is absolutely embarrassing. We're literally worse than many, many teams that are horrendous. Andrew, right now, the Oklahoma City Thunder are much better than us, Who, which is very, very embarrassing. Andrew, right now, if we were in the Eastern Conference, we would be the third worst team in it. The Pacers, the Pacers who stink, would be way ahead of us The Raptors would be way ahead of us. The Cavaliers would be four games ahead of us. Andrew, the Cavaliers right now have no one. And it would be four games better than us. Andrew, the Viking, the Timberwolves stink. We need to improve. We need to pick up wins desperately. Hopefully, the Timberwolves can pick up some good wins this week, as, again, we have a tough schedule this week, but hopefully they can pull out some good wins. Andrew, let's look at our Minnesota Gopher sports. Andrew, in football this week, we had one of our most important games of the year against Iowa, and we lost. Yeah, Ryan, to be honest, I didn't really think we had a chance because Minnesota basically never beats Iowa, but I thought that maybe we could do something since Iowa was on a two-game skid. but the Gophers, they love to disappoint. It's their middle name. They never want to do better than a bowl game. It just feels like they get to six wins, and then they go, you know what? This is over. I don't care. We're not making it to the college football championship whatsoever, which was never a question. But then they just stop trying. I don't know. Personally, when I watch college football, I'm watching for the top four teams, not anyone else. But I just want to go first to try to get to a good bowl game. I don't know. Just like. Beat the teams you're supposed to be. I understand that Iowa is a very good team at all. Kind of like the Vikings. Sometimes, you got to pull a couple upsets. I'm when you lose the bowling green. You got to pull at least one upset against a team that's literally skidding. And that I believe, before yesterday, might have actually been worse than the Gophers. I don't know. It was pretty close. I think they were both ranked in the 20s. But, I don't know. Then, with Gopher Basketball, Ryan, this team could be okay. I mean, I'm not saying this team is what it was last year or two years ago since every single guy either graduated, transferred, or just didn't play basketball because we're too bad. But Ryan, I don't know. This team could be interesting. I don't have very high hopes, but I have to say making it to the round 64 could, making it to March Madness could be an option. And I would not be surprised if that happens. But Ryan, let's get to the birthday of the day. Ryan, today, the birthday of the day is Francisco Lindor. Now, Ryan, Francisco Lindor is a very, very good MOE player who plays shortstop right now, currently for the New York Mets. But, Ryan, a couple years ago, when the Indians, when the Guardians were playing the Twins, and it was in Puerto Rico, where I believe Francisco Lindor is from, he hit a home run, and he was very, very excited. So, as he was walking around the base, or as he was running around the bases, he was celebrating. Then after the game, he apologized to the Twins for excessive celebrating and saying that he wasn't trying to rub it in. Then, later, fans were getting upset because they were saying he shouldn't have to apologize. The Twins, assuming that the Twins had said, oh, you're celebrating too much. But no, Francisco Lindor wasn't told he was. He just felt like he wanted to apologize. So, Francisco Lindor, happy birthday. Don't be too nice But just, happy birthday, and you might be a little too nice. But still, a very, very good MLB player. Happy birthday. Ryan, really, this week in sports has been crazy. The NFL has tons of things going on. The Braves won the World Series two weeks ago. But, I don't know. We still have way more to come next week. We're still going to see what's going on with the NFL. I don't know. Ryan, so much. Also, Andrew, Ben Rossensberger has COVID in the NFL. He'll miss this week and possibly next week. Andrew, anything you'd like to add before we wrap up the podcast? Right, next week, it's going to be crazy. Next week on Twin Twin Talk MN.